Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 197. Today's podcast guest knows a whole lot about something that everyone assumes marketers know about. And I get so many people asking me about this, but I honestly don't know that much about it. Can you guess what it is? It's PR. And Morgan is pretty much the PR queen, right? So as the director of strategic PR consultancy, Martini Mondays, Morgan Spencer wants to show brands that there is more than one way for them to raise their profile. For her, it's all about the people and building those relationships to think simply beyond achieving column inches and to disrupt the ever evolving PR industry. She's based locally in Brisbane, so we had a great time doing this interview in person, and I'm so excited because I think you guys are going to learn a whole lot more about PR than what you think it is, because it's not all just about sending out bulk press releases and, you know, trying to get those elusive magazine and newspaper features. So I'm very, very excited to jump straight into this episode. Let's get to it. Hey, Morgan. Thanks so much for coming on Socialette. Hey, Steph. Thanks so much for having me. So for my listeners who aren't familiar with you, who is Morgan Spencer and what is Martini Mondays? So I'm Morgan Spencer, as you all know, um, founder of Martini Mondays. So we're a a strategic and disruptive PR firm based here in Brisbane and we serve as clients um, Australia-wide now globally as well. So uh, we make PR fun um, Uh. and we're strategic and disruptive in our approach. So essentially what that means is we um, make our clients and business position them as disruptors in their field, which means they're either solving a problem or they want to take over the market in their space. So become that go-to brand personal company for what they do. um, And we help them leverage that um, through the PR and comm strategies that we do. I love that. And how did the name come about? I really like the name. It came to me so randomly. I was actually working in agency and a girl I worked with used to call me Martini Morgs as, ah. as a bit of a joke because after work on Monday, I'd be like, hey, let's go grab a martini or something fun. Um, and I think the name just sort of stuck with me. Um, and I, I like that it's got nothing to do with PR. Like I like that it's just yeah. different and fun. And I think it encapsulates our approach to PR, which is shake and not stirred. Um, we like to shake things up rather than do it the normal traditional way. So that makes us a little bit different, I guess. I love that. So when you say that you're trying to do it differently, like what makes you different in your approach to PR? I'd say that we are, we're very strategy driven um, so that we sort of take a step back before we do any publicity. So publicity is quite a reactive tool um, in business. And I think we're very quick to respond when it comes to media hits and media outlets we can get in without actually thinking first, okay, what is the strategy for this? What do we want to get out of it? So I think um, that probably makes us a little bit different in that space, um, going deep and working with businesses um, collaboratively to make sure that we um, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to take a step back, like I think there's a bit of misconception about what PR actually is and what it isn't. So for the listeners who actually have no idea what PR is, like what, how would you describe it? So essentially the way that we describe PR to people is essentially it's a strategic communication process between a brand and person or a company and their mm-hmm. publics. So their publics essentially stem from their audience, um, the public eye, also the media and any shareholders, stakeholders or anyone that has any interest in yeah. the company. Um, so essentially it's having that strategic message and um protecting that message and how it's shared and having that clear message. So a form of that could be publicity, a form of that could be um, being a keynote speaker, being featured in podcasts, um, it could be a, a professional author, yeah. um, that's a reputation management. There's a lot of different um, assets that PR falls into, but I think the one that's most commonly known is publicity. Yeah. And what is PR not? Like what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you've heard in your time? Because I'm sure you've heard a few. <laughs> um, PR is not advertising. And I- <laughs> <laughs> PR is not advertising or marketing and I think that's where um, the confusion mm. um, can sort of come from, especially with the rise of social media and influencer yeah. marketing. And I think a lot of people assume that PR falls into influencer marketing, um, which yeah. is actually now an advertising tool, which they're not actually connected, but now they're so integrated with each other. Yeah. And I think I, like you see so many PR agencies and PR consultancies doing social media management now and it's like, okay, so where is the line, I guess? Hey. I suppose on, on that point there too, with influencer management, we would have the relationships and the and the contacts. So PR professionals really build upon their relationships yeah. and they would have relationships with key players that necessarily a brand or a person might not. So we would work with those relationships in that situation to for, for the brand or client. It's not like a brand reaching out to, to someone that you don't know and then going yeah. through those channels. So I think um, that's why for us and for me, relationships and business in general are just paramount in what yeah, in what you're doing so a big part of PR is those relationships I think that's just a big part of business in general actually yeah absolutely <laughs> you don't realize just how important relationships are in business until you're like oh like where's my support crew and like oh, totally. <laughs> you know so you touched on strategic PR briefly so what's what does it mean for you when you say strategic PR how does that differ from just regular PR. So when we talk about strategic PR, we're really talking about like the core strategy of the work that we're doing and the brand that we're working Mm -hmm. with. So it's taking that step back and really looking at the business holistically or the brand. Um, And before PR even comes into play, we're really looking at that overall business strategy and what the brand or person wants to achieve and creating a strategy and a roadmap around that before we even pick up the phone or write those emails to get featured in those publicity hits. We need to know why why and what the point and the focus is because you can get all the clickbait in the world but if it's not going to get you towards your goal it's probably not going to add that much value to your business yeah but so but but surely all publicity is good publicity like isn't that what they say (laughs) it's funny like I actually um I actually challenge that a lot that whole saying around all publicity is good publicity because um your brand is so important especially as a business owner and really building that that positive um brand message out there and I think one one publicity, one publicity hit gone wrong, or one word being said the wrong way can actually have a more damaging effect um, on your brand than you may think. And I think you didn't start business to be like everyone else. And I think being able to stand out is um, getting that message really right and clear from the start. Do you have any examples of like publicity that's gone wrong? Any funny examples? I have worked with. Um, 
in my agency days, we had um, we had quite a few clients. So we had to come in late at night and um, fix a few things, late fix a night. few things that oh. had been done that had been done wrong. And I think um, when it does go wrong, it's it's like a lot harder to fix when yeah. you just if you're following a strategy and a roadmap, you can sort of minimise what's sort of happening there. But to give you an example, I suppose looking at. Facebook and social media. So if, um, we all get Facebook and Google reviews and sometimes we don't get what we're hoping for mm. from our customers. And I think it's things like the way that we respond to those uh, sort of things can really have a really positive or a negative effect on the brand. So yeah. I guess it's really getting into that mindset and thinking about how can I respond um, in my brand's favour in this situation and thinking thinking about it like that rather than um, what you're what you're doing. So I guess it's um, prevention, really. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So does that mean that then brands shouldn't just be like sending their media releases out to everyone, just type up one media release, send it to some email list they found somewhere on the internet? Yes, definitely not. So um, <laughs> PR has really, really changed and evolved um, over the last couple of years, especially since I started my business, which is really crazy. But um PR should be a lot more targeted. So, for right. example, if you're working with um, a particular campaign or story, building those relationships with those four or five key outlets and those key journalists that you really want to reach to because they can see right through if yeah. you've sent their media release to 100 different people and you're not going to have the same story. So no. what you might want to achieve in, for, for example, a publication like The Australian or The AFR is going to be completely different to a lifestyle publication. So really yeah. knowing how to like tailor your message and your story to each is really important. So where would you suggest if somebody's wanting to DIY their PR? I mean, firstly, is it something that can be DIY'd or do the other relationships really the most important thing there? There's definitely like a lot of um, tools out there that can really help and empower business owners mm. to to start off. And I think we we do work with a lot of um, our clients to really give them those tools and roadmaps. Um, getting that strategic and action plan and planning process done is like really paramount and important. And I yeah. think it's definitely worthwhile that business owners invest in that sort of initial stage. Um, and then they learn, it's sort of like you're learning the ticks and trips of the trade yeah, to then sure. go on and manage yourself. So what kind of what does my messaging look like? How would I craft a pitch in a media release and those kind of things like that? Relationships can definitely be done and you can definitely start yeah. building those relationships and they evolve over time. And there's nothing wrong with picking up the phone and introducing yourself to a journalist as well. That goes a long way. So they still use phones? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so how? So once you've got that strategy, how do you go about like choosing which outlets are the best ones to pitch because you mentioned not wanting to pitch everyone. So how do you yep. say, okay, well, this is going to be the best, like, I don't know, newspaper or this might be the best, like, TV show or whatever? So I guess in that situation you're looking at, um, again, what your goal and your strategy is. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you've got – if you're a product-based business and um, you're wanting to get that product seen in, in, your, in your wider audience and your wider customer – thinking about where your customer is and what they're sort of looking into and yeah. what they're reading. So sort of applying that marketing approach to your um, PR approach there. So really thinking how you can target these conversations and you might look at maybe lifestyle um, channels if it's a lifestyle product or consumer product there. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in the B2B space, you're going to be looking at more of those business channels or those more mainstream targeted channels. Um, you could also look in the weekend paper editions and things like that. It really just depends yeah. on that strategy and that will – that will depend on what you get out of out of that as well. And what about blogs as well, like online publications? There's definitely some great high-reach blogs out there, but um, 
and where you can become like a regular contributor to like the the bigger publications like you've got entrepreneur.com and Forbes and they have um, amazing readership there but I think again it's coming back to who do you want to reach um there do you you want to be seen on that much bigger global platform so that you've got Mm. that much wider audience that you can speak to and some of our clients um, are top um, contributors for both um, entrepreneur.com and Forbes um, and that's done wonders for their business so again it's um, it's looking back on okay where where do you want to where do you want to take the business and who do you want to share these conversations with is, is probably the primary thing to look at first yeah and I guess that makes sense like if you're if you've got a product-based business and you only ship within Australia, you probably don't really – there's no point being featured on Entrepreneur, right, or Forbes. Yes, exactly. But I suppose if you're an e-commerce brand who wants to, like, tap into maybe the New Zealand market, then yeah. you could start looking, okay, what's happening over in New Zealand? What yeah. Where are the trends going? Where are consumers buying? Like, how are they buying? So, for example, just as a bit of um, an insider tip there, in New Zealand, the media landscape is very different. A lot of people mm. um, consume magazines, print magazines, over online um, content, whereas in Australia, online content is always sort of the go-to for like yeah. news and information and um, products. Like it's very rare that you'd walk into a news agent and buy a magazine and read through it from start to finish. Whereas yeah. in New Zealand, the just the lifestyle pages over there are, are just huge, and online isn't really as big yet. That's so interesting. So I, I'm actually from New Zealand, and now that now that you mention it, like I can't think of any big online blogs like what we've got over here. Whereas, yeah, there's so many nice magazines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've um, it's interesting. They've really expanded in their in their print media over there. So when we yeah. do work with clients in New Zealand, we really explain that to them and how that's they're much better featured in those um bigger bigger magazines over there. And I guess it gives you that that credibility as well. I think when we're living in the world of online and ev- everyone Aww. feels like they can achieve online PR. Um, it's nice to have that yeah. glossy print mag when you can get see your face on the front <laughs> cover or have that really nice feature there as well. So Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you've got your strategy. You've worked out which outlets you're going to pitch. How do you actually go about pitching them? Like you, do you email them? Do you write a media release? Do you send them like a nice big package? I, how does it work? <laughs> so there's a couple of different ways in which you go about that process. Uh, be looking at um, what it is that you're pitching and who you're pitching mm-hmm. it to. Um, press kits, if you have a product, are an amazing way to get your product in the hands of journalists and editors and get really, really creative with that. So, for example, you could be you could be launching um, a new product and you could send them an amazing gift yeah. that might have a few complimentary products in there or just something that can that's really you've really put the effort and the time into creating something that's really going to wow them um and then another option is is looking at um email and phone pitching and okay how can you add the most value in this email in this time on the phone how can you really grab their attention in that time and remembering that journalists receive thousands upon thousands of emails and phone calls every day so for some cases um press release would be used in a news release situation. So that would be if it's a big announcement or of a big campaign. Otherwise you're wanting to just send a pitch through with what you can offer them and what you can write about and sharing that expertise um, and just mastering your pitch. If you can master your pitch and your relationships and your strategy, like you're almost there really. Yeah. Okay. And then, so I I still can't get my head around the phone calls thing. Like, (laughs) do they actually answer the phone? Do journalists answer the phone? Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of um, a lot of journalists like you sell your stories in over the phone because they're just so time poor. Yeah, Um, they struggle to get to their emails in a timely manner, and it's really really hard to catch them. It can be, Um, but 
grabbing the phone and just pitching it in on the phone is like really effective. And you have to remember as well, a lot of journalists can be quite old school, especially if they're working at more of those traditional outlets. They still want to receive their news um, and those pitches in those traditional forms. Another great Mm. way to really build relationships and reach journalists is also on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, A lot of them now are just on there looking for their source of news, their sorts of stories um, and reaching out to them personally is... So would you like direct message them, like include, like tag them in a tweet? How would that work? So a great way to build a relationship with um, a journalist on Twitter is to really start following them for a while Mm -hmm. rather than pitching out to them directly. Start having a look at the kind of content and news that they're sharing, form an interest with them. And then when you do have something that pops up, you're not a stranger. You've already established that relationship with them and then you can go um, said, I've got this great story of this is is my business and we're doing this at the moment. I'd love to tee up a time to have a quick chat with you or I'd love to send you an email with more information. You've already got that established relationship relationship there with them. And you mentioned briefly um, media kits. So for people with product-based businesses, do they have to send a sample of their product or is there still a chance that they would get featured in a publication without the journalist actually having seen the product? It's the best way and most successful ways to always send a pitch um, with a media kit so that yeah. they can physically see your see your product in person and have a look. Um, and the more creative you are, the more chance you are of getting your product secured and featured. Mm-hmm. And they're always looking for the next best thing, yeah. always looking for the next best thing and um, products that are creative and different and innovative or changing the game in some sort of way, not just the ad hoc, here's... Um, here's our latest skirt and it's just yeah. a skirt and the press release. So serving press releases in like really cool ways um, is definitely what I encourage small business owners to put the time and effort into doing. What's the coolest way you've seen? Oh, there is, there's, there's so many. We, um, we've done some cool ones in our time. I think one of my favourites has um, been putting um, – not actually naming it a Marte, not Martini kit, sorry, a media kit. A um, kit. <laughs> um, but actually getting really creative and changing the complete name of it and making like a really cool survival kit. So, for example, it could be like you could cool. be a fashion product and you might know that this particular journalist is like run off their feet, always busy at certain times of the year. You could send them a survival kit that's got your product and other products in there for them. Or another cool way is sending the product at the right time. So, for yeah. example, if you're a wine label, sending that wine at four o'clock on a Friday <laughs> when, that, when that journalist is like, I really need a glass of wine. Um, and knowing just like time is, is such an important factor in PR. So just yeah. really knowing the time to send it and how to send it is really important. But just getting creative about your products. Like you as business owners, you know your products more than anyone. Yeah. Um, so it's getting really creative there and. So when you say time, do you mean also like the lead times in the lead up of publications? Yes, so lead times and also like the time of day. So um, like you probably don't want to be sending like um, a coffee order at like five o'clock on a Friday. (laughs) You want to be sending that at like first thing in the morning. Um, And so lead times with magazines, especially print, you want to be working a few months out, um, but print's a lot more. So how far in advance do print magazines usually come up with their content? Roughly two or three months out. It's usually wow. issue out. So thinking three months out. Wow. Is, which, can, which can also be a big thing for small business owners because yeah. they're three months out. Like, don't even know what I'm doing next week. So if you're pitching your product <laughs> as an idea for a Mother's Day gift, do it three months before Mother's Day. Yes. <laughs> so now is really a good time to start thinking about Christmas. Um, it's August. Which, which is crazy. <laughs> well, um, it's August when we're recording this. It'll thinking, be September when you're hearing this. <laughs> thinking about um, 
like, yeah, thinking about like Christmas gift guides and things like that. Like we worked on Father's Day like a few months ago. Yeah. Um, wow. And I think it's knowing those dates throughout your calendar year. So a lot of um, businesses, um, there's just so many events that they have throughout the year that they can sort of tap into, sort of like Mother's Day, like Fashion yeah. Week, Father's Day, all of, of those sort of events. So it's knowing when those are so they, you can plan your content and PR activities around them. Okay, so we've done like the strategy, the, t- the pitching. Once you've sent your pitch off, do you just leave it, forget about it? What do you do? The um, real power is in the follow-up. Really? Um, like oh. anything. Um, so usually what I would probably suggest is um, doing a phone call a phone call and an email in sync. So whether mm-hmm. that's giving a journalist a call prior to you sending an email. So they're basically getting that ding, ding in their inbox as you're on the phone to them is a great way of going oh. about it. Or the other way around, sending that email and then giving them a call straight away. Right. Otherwise, a simple follow-up in a couple of days is great. Giving them enough time to sort of review the email and review the content that you've sent them. Um, but definitely don't sit and forget. Like you yeah. really want to make sure that you make an impression and you, you follow up these hot leads with the media rather than just letting it slide. It can take time. And I think that's one important thing to measure. Um, don't expect it to happen instantly. Like really put in the time and effort to nurturing mm-hmm. those relationships and being really accommodating with the journalist and being um, really easy to work with and not hounding them. Yeah. The, the most thing I think I see so many people um, so close to getting great PR wins and then just hounding the journalist or being really impatient mm. or um, just the way that it comes across. And then you have to remember this is essentially like free content that the journalist is running for you and yeah. being accommodating to them and making sure that you're really building upon those relationships and making sure that you're making everything easy for them. It's going to make it all more easy for you to get featured and to get coverage. And then you'll be that person that they come to when they need content, when they yeah. need um, you to comment a commentary on a particular topic because I know that you're the expert for that. So Yeah, and I guess like you've got to remember it's their job as yeah, well. Like they have absolutely. a boss. And, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. That makes so much sense. So if you get rejected, if you get knocked back, how what can you take from that and to then what can you apply from that? What can you apply from those learnings to your like future pitches? A great journalist will always usually give you feedback on why. So mm-hmm. usually they'll say that story doesn't really align with our magazine, that's not really fitting for our time right now or this is too salesy um, right. are probably like the most common um, just general feedbacks that you'll get from a journalist. So it's really taking that back and thinking, okay, how can we make this content really valuable but with not the hard sell in our business? Yeah. Um, what's a better time that we could probably pitch this in and timing being like the operative word there is a really yeah, crucial timing. component. Um, and just really taking on that feedback um, and then reworking it again. And then most most journalists are really highly receptive, like they want to give you another go. Um, and if they've oh. taken the time to give you that feedback, they've obviously came for you to repitch it in. Yeah. Um, they just want you to take that on board before you do so. Okay. And then if you if you have been accepted, what do you do after you've been accepted? Like how can you make the most of the coverage that you have got? So when you do get coverage, it's really important to have a couple of things on hand and that's usually a Dropbox with some great images and photos that can mm-hmm. be used in your feature and then giving the journalists the option to pick which ones they'd like. Um, all of your up-to-date brand logos and everything like that, that's on file. Um, and also um, a media kit, even if you're a B2B, um, putting together a media kit that's a couple of pages that has everything that yeah. they might need to know about you. That could be podcast features or mentions, mm-hmm. that could be um, what your business is doing, what your brand is going, all of that kind of crucial information. Um, and then after you've been featured, really utilising that. So it could be something like handing it on to your um, email signature. 
um, oh, re- cool. repurposing like your content um, on yeah. LinkedIn and social media. Um, it could be your EDM and really sort of like sharing that. One of my clients actually added it to um, her email signature, which I thought was really cool. So it's, um, yeah, I love uh, it. you could read about my insights here. And I think that's a really great way um, for prospect clients as well who yeah. might contact you. Um, I know that product businesses, putting it on your website, putting it on your social media um, as seen in is really um important too and then yeah. you can backlinks to those articles as well so really utilizing um that as best you can and my best advice here is to always 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 please send a thank you email really when a yes. journalist <laughs> when a journalist features your story please always send an email to say thank you so much because it is really great just to have that just keep that relationship yeah. intact and thank them for like taking the time they've chose your brand and your business over another one to be featured so yeah okay interesting um, that just reminded me of, I think, a podcast that I, I was listening to a while ago and they were talking about how Roxy Jasenko's PR agency would always send flowers. Yes. Is that, <laughs> is that something people should be doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, gifts are a huge thing in PR and yeah. always going that sort of extra mile, obviously sending flowers to every single journalist <laughs> can sometimes expensive. be a little bit over the top and expensive, but sometimes just giving a phone yeah. call. Um, another great way is if you, um, if you share your feature on social media, tagging, tagging the mm. outlet and thanking them on social media as well is yeah. um, something to do as well. I think just just thanking them and just doing something nice never goes um, unheard of in, in the role of PR. So or in the whole entire world of business as <laughs> <Yes>. well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the way that I talk about PR is very just much like business, like treat people well, focus yeah. on empathy, build your relationships and just be a good human really um, is a really important skill rather that. than focusing on what you can get out of it, focusing yeah. on what kind of value you can you offer people and um, just keeping that keeping that in mind. I love that. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see or over and over again when people try to DIY their PR? I think probably the most common mistake I see is um, people putting themselves forward for the wrong opportunity. So, for mm. example, it could be, especially when there's um, a lot of free resources out there like Source Bottle and Helper Reporter that oh, are just course. doing call-outs. Yeah. And I think a lot of business owners respond to those call-outs just to get that press coverage when really it's not aligned to their business or their product and it's not really doing anything for them. Mm. So I, I think it's just really looking at what do I want to get out of Ask yourself that question, is clickbait going to help me right now? Is sharing yeah. this message going to help me right now? Where should I put my time and energy into so I think that's yeah. probably the first thing. And then the second thing would be not getting the pitch right. And thirdly would be um, writing the physical pitch and the media release. So those three things are really key to really practice. Yeah. Um, and just just know, the, please know the name of the journalist before you send <gasps> that email. Oh. <laughs> Rather than to whom it may concern or get their name wrong. How do you on that? So how once you've found your outlet, how can you narrow down and find the right journalist? Um. It can be hard if you're not um, a PR PR agency or PR person because a lot of those contacts aren't shared. Um, But, again, you can always call up these publications and ask for the best person to speak to on this subject matter and that's a great way to to build those relationships as well. Um, And Twitter. So if you, Twitter. Twitter is probably the best place for you to build those relationships. It's really funny around the whole um, names and emails. Someone emailed me yesterday and addressed my name as Martin. Martin. <laughs> and it's just hilarious that some people just don't, they just don't take the time to like read 
emails properly. I've had Dear um, Socialette a few times <laughs> for podcast pitches and I'm like, no, uh, you can just tell. Like I get so many podcast pitches and I can imagine, like I can only imagine what a journalist's inbox looks like. Uh, but mine are like, I get podcast pitches for things that aren't even business related. It's and crazy, I'm, isn't it? I'm like, really? Like, have you even listened to my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so I think we just need to take the time and effort to really yeah. like focus on what we're doing, which isn't hard. But Yeah. And I guess that goes for pitching anything, like if you're pitching collaborations, giveaway, yeah. like, yeah, anything like that. And I think a lot of the uh, PR advice that I do tend to give to clients is really um, the same as when working with influencers. They're essentially like mm. another media outlet that you're choosing to work with. And if you really are hoping for yeah. um, their fees to be reduced or for free content, Content, you really need to focus on okay what can I offer them then if that's what I want in return yeah. what can I really offer them so yeah, it's not what's in it for you it's what's in it for them and that's where yeah. that whole really cool press kit comes into it because you'll find that how mm. many cool unboxing gifts do you see on Instagram these days on insta stories yeah influencers just un- unboxing really cool gifts so that's a really cool way to get featured yeah. um they just be thinking outside the box um, and doing something different. And that's so true because you see so many unboxing videos, but the ones that are going to get your attention are the creative ones. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I like that. Exactly. Um, so you, you mentioned briefly Harrow and Sauce Bottle. For the listeners who don't know what that is, how would you describe them? So essentially it's um, a media and PR database. So essentially yeah. you, res- you subscribe to both of them and each day, usually twice a day, um, they'll do a call out. So they'll need someone to provide commentary on a certain subject matter. They'd be looking mm. for maybe products for Christmas gift guides and then people have the option to pitch themselves in yeah. um, to that and, um, yeah, just pitching their business for it, but it is not strategic or targeted. <laughs> so you would call this a reactive rather than a proactive PR strategy and yeah. I would never recommend just doing this alone. It doesn't hurt subscribing to these channels and just seeing what's out there, what they're looking for, because there could sometimes be yeah. a good opportunity, but it's not by any means something that I would recommend or is strategic at all. Interesting. Yeah, because I, re- I used to reply to a lot of Harrow ones, especially when I was just starting out in business yep. and I was like, okay, I need to get a lot of backlinks to my website so I can start ranking in Google and all of that and I was replying to a lot of them and I actually get a decent amount of traffic from some of the Harrow ones but I don't think I've ever got like a paying customer or paying client from it so I guess yeah as you're as you say it's not really strategic no so yeah. I guess some of them I could be worth responding to and just seeing how you go you can always yeah. pitch yourself in and then chat to the journalist about maybe like tweaking like the the mm. angle or something like that um but I think it's much better putting in the effort to building those relationships um first and yeah. then pitching in your stories as well yeah, that's yeah, that makes so much sense. Awesome. Okay, well, I have a couple of questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast interviews. The first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, so many learnings in our, <laughs> our last um, our last couple of years. Um, I guess one thing would be probably taking the time and thought before doing something I yeah. think I think as um business owners and what, what do they say it's like shiny syndrome shiny, oh shiny yeah. object shiny, shiny object syndrome <laughs> and I think we live in this world of social media where we're just like comparing ourselves to like the Instagram rule and I, th- yeah. I think we need to just take a step back and think is this going to serve me right now mm. um and yeah just thinking about what we're actually doing and is this going to serve our business and be the right thing right now. I think if I'd known that two years ago, man, I would have made some different decisions. I know, right? <laughs> like I'm I'm the worst with shiny object syndrome and I was actually watching a training yesterday and it was describing how like 
there are two islands, right? And we're on currently on Reality Island and we want to get to Desire Island. And the problem is like because we're entrepreneurial, we keep having all these new ideas. So we start building a bridge from Reality Island to Desire Island, but we only get like halfway and then we get distracted by something else. We start building a new bridge. Oh, totally. <laughs> and we never actually build the complete bridge, but we have like all of these half-finished bridges and it's like – it makes so much sense. Yeah, like we've got all these ideas. Oh, totally. And I think something has to be said about staying in your own lane and yeah. like listening to like your gut and knowing what road and what path you're mm. on and not um, listening to the opinions of others. And so I think no yeah. one knows your business more than you do. And I think as long as Definitely. you know the direction you're going in and you know how to get there, you can seek help from others, but really knowing what opinions to take on board and what to know yeah. is just, just advice for advice sake. Yeah, family and friends, like they might mean <laughs> well, but <laughs> yeah. Their advice isn't always the best. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And the other question is, what has been your biggest whoops moment so far? Ah, there's been a couple. Um, It's a tough one because I feel like there's just so many things that happen along the way, but then when you look back on it, you can't remember what they are. I think think they just, like, when they happen, they feel like the worst possible thing. Um, But then when you look back on it, you're like... I can't even think of one that, exactly, that happened, right? but I, I probably a month ago, like I probably probably could have told you um, so many things that happened. I think um, I think one thing for me being having a PR agency is um, there's so many balls flying all the time mm. and a lot of the time I'm like the CEO putting out fires every day, Yeah, um, which is a joke that goes around in my office because I spent all the time on the phone. <laughs> um, and I think sometimes like learning to say no when you need to say no and saying mm. yes when you need to say yes and really, um, really knowing that because I think um, as a service-based business owner, as you would probably yeah. know too, your time is like so important and so crucial. So I think for me, yes. um, nothing major, but I think just really knowing, is this right for me right now? And to make those decisions and um, just thinking more clearly about what it is that I need to do and is this client going to be right for me? Is this your opportunity right? I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And then the last one is what has been your biggest growth moment? Um, I'd have to say my business game went to a next level when I engaged my mentor, Prue. Oh, everyone um, says this about Prue. And if you guys, <laughs> if you guys haven't listened to the episode with Prue, it would, I would have been a couple of months ago now, but go back and listen to the episode with Prue Chapman. Cause she is amazing. She is just like such an amazing human. She's like that business yeah. mum You never thought you needed oh. until you meet her. Um, she's just a mix of infectious, positive energy. Um, and, she, she yeah. just she just has that kind of effect on you, and I think when I engaged um, Prue about a year ago, um, she just really really helped me take mm-hmm. the business to the not only the next level but really establish um, what it is that I really wanted and what was success going to look like for me, and just helping yeah. my mindset with that because I think we get bogged down when we have bad days, and let's face it, we have a lot of bad days. <laughs> um, yes, and I think I think her she's just amazing at just getting like really razor clear on what you're doing and why yeah. you're doing it and just mastering that and just like having your back I think I think um anyone who's listening who has an engagement mentor before I highly highly recommend it yeah. even if it's just a one-hour session um on a one-off like you'd be surprised how much clarity that you would take away just from Ooh, engaging yeah. someone that's an expert so yeah I think yeah. I think that was probably the moment for me where like yep cool this is what I need to be doing. And I think it's also a growth thing because it's like you're backing yourself. You're like, okay, cool. I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in my business. Like it's, you know, like it's, 
really putting it out there to the universe that you like believe in yourself you believe you've got what it takes to achieve and that you're like not afraid to invest money into it as well oh totally and I think I really do believe um I heard this saying once which was you can't help people if you can't do the work yourself and I think if we're in a service-based business in, in order for me to be the person I need to be for my clients I really need to do the work on myself to make sure you know, my mindset's really clear, my energy is really yeah. clear. Like I put so much energy out to clients every single day and if I can't manage and master that from within, mm. then I'm going to really struggle and get burnt out. For sure. So I think that makes a huge difference too. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Morgan. So let us know where can my listeners find out more about you and about Martini Mondays? So um, on Instagram, we're just Martini Mondays. Yes. Um, our website is martinimondays.com.au where you can um, – explore our brand new rebrand and everything we've got on offer and we're also um, on Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter as well, the same Instagram handle. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. It's been really fun.